Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hey there, folks. Big uh, big news last week, obviously, and we're still dealing with the fallout this week. Um, obviously, it's me, Nick, your host. This is Nick's Nerd News. Welcome back. Welcome in. Um, hi. Hello there. Um, happy you're here, I think. Yes, 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 I am. I am happy you're here. Uh, I had to think about that for a second. I don't know why. Uh, just gonna put a big heads up out there. There probably won't be a show next week. Um, I am moving into a new place this weekend. I don't know when I will have the interwebs there. Uh, I don't feel like it's appropriate to, um, you know, use my work computer to upload the show uh depends on honestly there might be a show it, it just it really depends um because just some things going on in general uh i don't know if i'm gonna be moving my computer and things over there just yet um but but in all likelihood there might not be a show um so I'm just throwing that out there, just so you guys are aware. Um, maybe I'll try to do something quick or small or... I, I don't know. Because um, I will want to talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, because it does come out Friday. Again, I don't know how much time I'm going to be able to play it this weekend. Also because, again, I will be moving. So we'll see. Um, hopefully I will have more answers for you though, of course... Uh, next week and stay glued to social media channels um, things like that um, maybe I'll have a guest host I don't know I don't know um, we'll know next week uh, but again hey thank you guys for listening week in week out as always you know you can like us you can share us you can subscribe you can do whatever you want whatever you feel comfortable with doing that's what you do I don't want to force you. I don't want to do anything like that. I'm not a slave for likes. I'm not a slave for subscribes. Like this is, I'm doing this for fun, right? If I make money, cool. If I don't, cool. Um, I'm here to just share my opinions with y'all. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to our fourth, third, fourth year. Um, one of those, I don't know. We're at almost 200 episodes. So obviously, no, 300, wait, I can't, I, uh, what are we at, Jamie? Oh wait, I don't have a producer, never mind. <laughs> uh, we're almost at 200, I don't know why I, I had to think about that. We're at 193, uh, this is 194, I should say. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys again for listening week in, week out. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to be here. So, without further ado, let's get into the nitty-gritty, shall we? Well, hey, 
last week, we finally, finally got an announcement for LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. After numerous delays, it is releasing on April 5th. And for the first time in a long time, I am very heavily interested in a LEGO Star Wars game. This game looks gorgeous. And when I say gorgeous, I mean it. it they've literally gone back and redid all the games of the original movies. Um, we're getting The Last Jedi and um, The Rise of Skywalker for the first time. But they went and redid all of the backgrounds. Like It looks like it's actually in the movies now. And there's so many characters and so many locales and, and all these new things. This game looks so damn pretty. And I am not kidding. It 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 is... Oh man, it's so damn good looking. And I pre-ordered. I pre-ordered a Lego Star Wars game. A, for the first time. I've never bought a Lego Star Wars game just straight up right away. And B, pre-ordered one. That is how good-looking this game is. However, that comes with some downsides. Uh, there's some new things that have come out in light of development at TT Games, the developers of, of the LEGO Star Wars games. Um, so it's like, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? But honestly, I love... Um, I love it too much. <laughs> just a little too much. Um... And I know that sounds really shitty, but I, I think it's going to be fun, and I think people are going to do it and realize, hey, let's not let's make sure shit like that doesn't happen at TT Games anymore. Um, but again, I'm I'm very excited for this. Uh, also, we have our first uh, 2K WWE since 2019's uh, WWE 2K 2020. Uh, this is going to be WWE 2K 2022. It will release March 11th. And it will feature San Diego's own Rey Mysterio as the cover athlete. Yes, WWE is returning after after a brief hiatus. After uh, 2019's WWE 2K 20 was honestly one of the worst games in the franchise. They'd switched to a developer and all this. Um, but yes, it, the, the franchise is returning our first true wrestling game in quite a while, quite a while. And, uh, I want to go over some other things before we go over into more uh, Activision stuff. Um, one of which I saw this, this was a funny story. The creator of PlayStation, uh, thinks that both VR and the metaverse are like pointless and dumb. Uh, Ken Kutaragi has said uh, he finds VR headsets annoying, and uh, this was with he was speaking with Bloomberg, and he said, "quote Headsets would isolate you from the real world, and I can't agree with that. Headsets are simply annoying." Unquote. That's actually really funny. Um, and then someone asked him about the metaverse. He said, quote, being in the real world is very important, but the metaverse is about making quasi-real in the virtual world. I can't see the point of doing it. You would rather be a polished avatar instead of your real self? That's essentially no different from anonymous message board sites, unquote. I get it, man. The, um, he, 
honestly, he's an older guy. He's 71, so they're going to have different opinions on things. But, no, I agree somewhat. Like, I think VR is really cool. Um, I personally want to get into it, but I, I know I have some vertigo issues and equilibrium issues, so I'm also concerned that it might make me very, very sick if if I do start playing it. Um, but but I agree with him on the metaverse. I think it's really fucking stupid. Obviously, if Second Life couldn't take off that much, I don't think the metaverse is going to take off, especially the metaverse in Facebook. People already distrust Facebook and social media so much, I don't see them really hopping in completely. And I know some people are like, oh, we'll finally get this Ready Player One world we've been dreaming about. And like, I don't know, man. I'm not fully on board with that either, you know? Like, that was like a dystopian world after people kind of went online. So part part of me agrees with him, part of me doesn't. But, yeah, I, I don't know about, man, how I feel about the metaverse, man. VR, though, I, I think VR or AR or some kind of combo of it, I think, is the future. But who knows? The future always in motion is. But... Uh, another thing came out this week. Netflix wants to be the best gaming service or have the best gaming service in the industry if they ever get there. And it wants to expand its, expand its playable titles this year. Uh, Reed Hastings, the CEO and founder of, of Netflix, um, was talking in an earnings interview. He said, quote, we have to be different, differentially great at it. There's no point of just being in it, unquote. Uh, then he went on to say, quote, We're definitely crawl, walk, run, and like, let's nail the thing and not just be in it for the sake of being in it or for a press release, but we've got to please our members by having the absolute best in the category, unquote. Obviously, for the first time, they're behind in something, um, and that is they're behind Game Pass. And... Um, he also put out a shareholder letter uh, by saying, quote, Since launch, we released an additional five games, bringing the total to ten for 2021. It's still very early days, but we're pleased with our progress. In 2022, we'll expand our portfolio of games across both casual and core gaming genres as we continue to program a breadth of game types to learn what our members enjoy most, unquote. That's a lot of corporate gobbledygook. And... Again, they're just trying to compete with Game Pass at this point because Game Pass beat them to the punch. Uh, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, was quoted as saying, quote, I think it's smart what they're doing. They're buying some studios. They're learning about the creative process of interactive entertainment. I think it's a very smart way for them to move into the space, unquote. Now, this was last year. And this goes back to the point. Phil knows Xbox isn't competing with Sony and Nintendo anymore, not in the same way. They're competing with Netflix, they're competing with Apple, with Google, with Amazon, who are all trying to do their own own gaming things right now. And and honestly, Game Pass is is kind of I, I don't want to say winning, um, just because it's not really a f- adopted service by everyone. Obviously, you need to have an Xbox and somewhat live in that ecosystem. Um, but I think it's doing better than Stadia. I think it's doing better than Luna. So 
I I don't know in in game streaming wise at least. I, but again, I don't I don't know what's going on with 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 Netflixes and stuff. So we'll we'll see what 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 really happens. But it's it's interesting that Netflix wants to go wholeheartedly into it. Meanwhile, they keep raising prices for normal people that aren't into the gaming things. Also, uh, three four three Industries has announced. That starting in Season 2 in Halo Infinite, which is not till May, you will be able to earn in-game credits through the challenges and your Battle Pass. So this is a feature available in other games' Battle Passes, especially Call of Duty. Um, But it was not available at launch in Halo Infinite. Uh, They have announced that they will be making that change and making it possible to earn credits in the Battle Pass, pleasing a lot of people and making a lot of people happy. And uh, ticking off one of the bigger complaints with with their Battle Pass system. Uh, In that same vein, Xbox has announced, and 343, that Halo Infinite was the largest launch in the franchise history with 20 million players. I'm sure that accounts for mostly the fact that multiplayer is free to play for the first time. Uh, Of course, they're playing across two console generations and PC. Again, Halo's first foray into PC. But, but, and Game Pass, let's let's not forget that, uh, but Halo's largest launch showing that this franchise is not slowing down in any way, shape, or form, even though some people think it's a tired and dead franchise. Uh, also announced this week, Elden Ring, which has gone gold, it does re- release early next month, um, From Software has said uh, in a new gameplay overview video, that they essentially want to bring down player stress, but keeping difficulty high. Uh, during the Taipei Gaming Show, a producer on the game said, quote, With the game's world being so large, that, that can produce real depth and breadth of enjoyment, but can also lead to unnecessary stress for some players. The dev team has been very careful to avoid that where possible. With battle already being fairly difficult, I can understand wanting to reduce stress elsewhere. Um, yes, especially as the enemies are so strong, unquote. So, they do want to keep the the difficulty up, but they do want to make sure stress um, is lower. Because obviously, especially with games like that, it would be a whole level of things, especially in From Software games. Um, but again, Elden Ring, uh, being written by George R. R. Martin, uh, comes out February 25th. It is uh, gold, so it is essentially being packaged and ready. I unfortunately will not be getting the game. Um, I'm going to be getting Horizon Forbidden West at that time. So I will try to get some opinions on Elden Ring. Uh, in the meantime, I will be talking about Horizon Forbidden West at that point in time. Anyway, moving forward. Um, yeah, you know... Speaking of new games, you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus comes out on Friday. Finally figured out that it's the Hisui region. So we have, we're getting Hisuian, is that how you say it? Hisuian regional variants, time variants. So pretty much the game broke street date. Bunch of people have been playing it. Leaks have been all over the place. Uh, For once, Nintendo didn't put the kibosh on anything. Uh, and they even put out an ad the other day teasing the uh, Hisuian, I think that's how you say it, 
version uh, uh, variants of the uh, evolu- final evolution of all the starters. And then I saw some other of the variants, and oh my fucking god, they look so bad. And yes, I know it was just a data dump and image files, but then even like gameplay files I've seen on the the Pokemon leaks Reddit. I'm not even going to tell you who else I'm referring to. You'll probably notice it. The one good thing is everyone said the game is amazing and fun. And the 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 attack animations are finally getting like their full due. But other than that, just there's some Pokemon that make me want to fucking puke. But we'll talk about the game next week. <laughs> um, like I said, we, I don't, I'm, I'm going to save a lot of the, the Blizzard Activision stuff for later. Uh, it was announced yesterday or two days ago that Respawn is, uh, is going to be making the next three Star Wars games for EA. Now, the EA Lucasfilm Games exclusivity deal does end next year. Which doesn't make sense because other studios have been making Star Wars games. Um, granted, they were announced, but they're coming after the fact. Um, but yes, Respawn is is going to be making them. So essentially, we're, we this guarantees that Battlefront is officially dead. And so we are getting a new game in Star Wars Jedi. So a sequel to Fallen Order. Uh, no word on the title. Um, the next one, the two other games... One is going to be a first-person shooter uh, being led by Peter Hirschman, who was previously the VP of development at LucasArts, so he's worked with them and knows Star Wars games. And he also co-created Medal of Honor. Um, So the Medal of Honor VR team is going to be working on it. It will not be a VR game. First-person shooter is very interesting, especially since it's not a Battlefront game. And then we're getting a strategy game developed by BitReactor. Um... Former Firaxis Games veterans uh, who, of course, worked on XCOM. Um, BitReactor will work closely with Respawn on it. Uh, Vince Zampella will oversee all these new games. Um, and their EA is calling it, quote, a new phase of EA's relationship with Lucasfilm, unquote. So, interesting. I don't know how I feel about the first-person shooter. Um, th- there's a whole lot of quotes from them and stuff. I don't care about a strategy game, to be honest. Like, I don't, those aren't my things. I'd love another, a new RTS. There's rumors that a new, um, Empire at War might be brewing. But that's not what's going on in this conversation. Um, a first-person shooter, though, I, I don't, like... Is it going to be a Clone Wars game? Is it going to be an Empire game? Um, a, a lot of people are are wondering what this could be. Uh, it, like, what era is it going to be set in? First-person shooter in Star Wars, you have to go back to, like, Dark Forces and, like, Jedi Knight and Jedi Outcast, because those are very much Doom clones back then. Um... I wonder, though, what... It's it's hard for me to wrap my head around a, a first-person Star Wars shooter game. 
uh, that's not Battlefront, right? It, it's been so long since we've had a game like that, and the the possibilities are endless. Really, let's 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 be realistic here. But it, it needs to be done well, um, and obviously, it's not going to be a game focusing on a Jedi, and that that's okay. That's that's really okay. We don't need to have every Star Wars game be focusing on a, a Jedi or someone with Force powers. So that could be good. A strategy game. You definitely would want to do like the Bad Batch. Uh, you would want to do something with like Mandalorians or like Special Forces or Arc Troopers or something like that. That is what would benefit in a strategy game type setting. Um, and again, of course, I don't know where a, a Fallen Order 2 or a Star Wars Jedi or however they want to continue that franchise. I don't know where that could go, but it could be good as well. Uh, and I'm excited to see where Respawn takes these. Unfortunately, that also means <laughs> that we're probably not going to get a Titanfall 3 for quite some time. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, wow. Uh, Steam has announced that the Steam Deck will officially launch next month and should start shipping towards the end of the month. Uh, so be on the lookout for that if you did pre-order one. Uh, also today, a trailer, a teaser, I should say, came out from Crytek, and Crisis, uh, Crisis 4 is officially happening. Um, it's been a while since we've heard anything out of them, other than, you know, the remasters last year. And if I'm not mistaken, Crisis, or Crytek hasn't released a new game since Rise Son of Rome, which was a launch game for the Xbox One. Um... I know they've had to have make a made a game since then. That'd be wild if they didn't. I mean, yeah, they had the oh, the climb and some stuff. I I guess they they made some other games since then, but I I feel like now rem remember they made the original Crisis or F Far Cry. Um, hold on, let me let me look at this because I don't know any of these other games that they have mentioned here. Um, Hunt Showdown. Don't know what that is. Uh, Robinson the Journey. A VR game. The Climb. Another VR. Oh, these are VR games. They haven't done non-VR games in a while. So let's, other than Hunt Showdown... Um, I don't think that's really a big thing. Um, what? Oh, it got good reviews, so it might be a good game. Um, oh, I've seen this game. It's like a, what is this? Um, it's a spiritual successor to Darksiders. Interesting. Which, that doesn't make any sense, because... Anyway. Oh, it was originally developed. Um, it's a multiplayer game. Uh, I think I've seen video... Like, you get, like, a crossbow. It's very, like, 1800s-y. I, I, I've heard... Yeah, uh, whatever. Um... <laughs> 
but yeah, Crytek's coming back with Crisis 4. Um, interesting. Uh, PlayStation announced their PS Plus games for the month of February. Surprisingly, we haven't gotten Xboxes. Uh, Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep and EA Sports UFC 4 on the PS4. And then if you have a PS5, you get those plus Planet Coaster Console Edition. I'd be interested in that if I didn't already own Planet Coaster for my PC. Um, The Rock has announced he's going to be making a new video game movie without saying which franchise it is and that he'll announce it later. Speculation, of course, is running wild based on how he described it, saying it's like one of his most favorite franchises that he's been playing. It's a big franchise and epic or something again speculation running rampant and then to add fuel to the fire cliff blazinski uh the former man over at epic and of course the creator of the gears of war franchise tweeted out big old eyes and uh everyone's like oh that means the rock's making a gears movie like no how have you never hear the rock talk about gears you hear Dave Bautista talk about Gears. You don't hear The Rock talk about Gears. But it'll be interesting to see what it ends up being and if it'll be a good movie. We all know how video game movies are lately. There's always that one diamond in the rough, though. We'll see. Um, two major esports leagues have been purchased by a Saudi-backed group. Both uh, ESL and Face It have both been purchased by the Savvy Gaming Group. It's an investment fund backed by the Saudis, uh, and it's a $1.5 billion deal. Um, they are merging, essentially, with this as well. And uh, so Germany-based ESL launched in 2000, so it's one of the oldest esports leagues. Uh, Face It was founded in London in 2012. It is an esports platform. Uh, They host League, Rocket League, and Dota 2. Um, But now they are merging after they've been purchased. Uh, The deal is expected to close in quarter two of this year, which is ending within the next couple of months. Um, And they said, quote, Combine ESL's expertise in building broadcasting and commercializing premium esports ecosystems, including arena and festival events, with Faceit's capabilities in developing best-in-class tools for competitive games, and leading social network of competitive players, unquote. Um, They are merging, but will retain their leadership teams. Um, But they're going to be co-CEOs, the two CEOs of each company. Um, Sounds like it's a good deal. I don't know a lot about Savvy Gaming Group. Um, Apparently they're new. They were set up last year. Uh, They are fully owned by a $400 billion public investment fund. Um, So obviously $1.5 billion is a drop in the bucket to them. And uh, Savvy Games Group CEO Brian Ward said his vision is, quote, SGG has committed to invest heavily in the games and esports industry to materially strengthen the global games community. We are delighted to be working with ESL Faceit Group a deal that will enable us to actively support the creation of a world-class esports ecosystem. With our investment, ESL Faceit Group will be able to come accelerate their development of an unrivaled experience for players and fans. Um, unquote. Again, it is a Saudi Arabian public investment fund, 
and uh, being done by the Saudi Arabian government. So take that as much as you will. Um, obviously, they've been trying to invest in things for a future without oil. But very interesting that they would branch off into esports. Very, very much. Very interesting indeed. Um, and our last non-Activision story. There was a Minecraft tournament being held in Andorra, a small European country between Spain and France. And Minecraft, being so big as it is, uh, was hit with a cyber attack. This, this tournament was hit with a cyber attack. It, it disrupted the entire internet for the country of Andorra. Now, this country only has 77,000 people in it. And NetBlocks, an internet tracker, it was uh, found that this disruption caused by a cyber attack targeting the Minecraft competition, and it eliminated Team Andorra, the team, one of the teams in the competition. And 150 contestants, Jesus. It was a DDoS attack targeting the Squidcraft games, again, a Minecraft competition, eliminated Team Andorra, and the state telco company noticed that. Connection briefly dropped from 100% down to below 50% at the time from the DDSO attack, and it overflowed traffic, causing massive network issues and disconnections across the country. Andorra Telecom tweeted, um, they were also trying to go after YouTubers and things like that, but it's wild that it disrupted the whole country's internet. <laughs> Friggin' ridiculous. Anyway, let, let's get to what, like, we were really here for today, and that's talking about the Activision fa Blizzard Fallout uh, after being announced that they're going to be purchased by Microsoft last week. Uh, obviously... All the major players are, are confused and on high alert. Sony put out a statement. Uh, even Phil put out a statement saying he talked to Sony. Uh, Sony, though, did say, quote, We expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform, unquote. That's kind of like a, please, sir, may I have another? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. They're, obviously, Microsoft's going to follow contractual agreements they they still have even with the bethesda deal i mean Deathloop launched on ps5 first uh tokyo ghostwire tokyo will as well and uh, a new thing uh then activision followed up by saying uh it will not remove any games um from playstation after the xbox uh acqu acquisition um they did confirm that uh, including Call of Duty's Warzone. Uh, this is from an employee Q&A that was filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, it said, quote, We will honor all existing commitments post-close. As with Microsoft's acquisition of Minecraft, we have no intent to remove any content from platforms where it exists today. Now, that is current games. That doesn't mean future games. Um... Some people mean, think that that means Call of Duty will go Xbox exclusive 
after a certain point. Um, maybe the mainline games. I don't see Warzone going exclusive at any time. And this was then followed up uh, per Jason Schreier uh, over at Bloomberg that uh, Call of Duty, Activision Blizzard, the Call of Duty company, had already committed to making the next few games available across all platforms. So that includes Call of Duty 2022, so this year's, which is more than likely Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty 2023, whatever next year's is, and then apparently Warzone 2, which is planned for a release next year. Uh, after that, though, everything is up in the air. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I still don't think, of all their games, I still don't think Call of Duty is ever going to go exclusive. Personally, that's me. That's me. Um, then now we're also hearing that higher-ups in Activision have been talking about possibly moving away from the yearly Call of Duty release schedule. Um, remember, Call of Duty is the number one selling franchise for 13 years straight. It's usually the highest selling game every year. I don't think Microsoft wants to... I mean, obviously they don't care about that, right? They care about Game Pass subscribers. Um, but you don't necessarily also want to give up on, on money if it's just there. And you can get that with the top selling game every year, regardless of console and, and everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, but again, there's been rumors floating around again via Bloomberg that high level employees have discussed ditching the, the release schedule, which is a yearly release schedule. I think that would benefit Call of Duty, personally. Um, and also give studios a chance to work on games other than Call of Duty. Jesus Christ, that's all Activision makes nowadays. Um, but Phil Spencer then also went on to say he's eager to uh, to revisit abandoned Activision franchises. He was speaking with um, the Washington Post, and he said, quote, I was looking at the IP list. I mean, let's go. King's Quest, Guitar Hero... I should know this, but I think they got Hexen. Um, they do have Hexen. Um, and he said once the deal closes by summer of next year, the Xbox team plans to speak with all its developers about what possible franchises from Activision Blizzard they might want to work on. Uh, that, of course, has sparked speculation and, and hopes and dreams across Twitter and, and the gaming community. I mean, some people say they want... Um, some studio to work on Banjo-Kazooie since Rare is not working on it. Uh, I saw people say that they want Blizzard to bring things back or work in new, new, um, in IP that, that Microsoft owns that now they'll all, they'll, they'll own outright as well. Um, people said they want to see Infinity Ward make a Halo shoot off, shoot off, I mean spin off. Um, the, the, the possibilities are endless. Is it going to happen? Probably not. Let's be realistic here. Um, hell, Blizzard even announced a new IP today. Uh, it's going to be a new survival game set in a new franchise, a new world entirely. Um, but a, a, uh, but a, 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 a survival game, which again, wild that they announce a new, a new IP from Blizzard, which we have not seen in quite a while. Let, let's be realistic here. When was the last time Blizzard put out a new IP? It's been a while. 
but but again, these are all good good things, good signs. Um, and and I totally forgot last week when I said that uh, you know Rod Ferguson who's at at uh, Blizzard, um, or is it Blizzard? Is any somewhere at Activision? And you know now he's back under Xbox. I totally forgot Mikey Barra left Xbox and Microsoft and went to head up <laughs> head up Blizzard, and and now he's back under Microsoft. Huh. I wonder if this was. Uh, I wonder if this was like a slow-moving coup that Microsoft instituted. But uh, Blizzard boss Mikey Barra has promised to improve culture at the studio. Um, and he put out um, a blog post. And he said, quote, um, Directly depend on our overall success in creating a safe, inclusive, and creative work environment at Blizzard. Um, directly... Uh, and he said that all the, the teams, management teams at Blizzard will, quote, be directly measured against culture improvement, unquote. Um, he also said, quote, a culture leader who will help us maintain the best aspects of what we have today and change and evolve where needed to ensure everyone brings their best self to Blizzard, unquote. So these are new positions. Quote, a new organizational leader for human resources who will build trust, empower our teams, and help foster a safe positive work environment for everyone, uh, unquote, and quote, diversity, equity, and inclusion leader solely focused on our progress across multiple efforts in this area, unquote. Um, Blizzard has also, quote, tripled the size, unquote, of its compliance investigation teams, um, and they're working essentially to um, make sure that everything is moving forward um, and things are going well and making sure that they're rebuilding their reputation and fixing what was broken. Um, obviously Blizzard was, was really the worst offender with the whole Activision thing. Um, so it's, it's good to hear that someone there is, is trying to make progress and um, make sure that something good comes out of it. Um, also, I think we talked about Raven Software. Uh, they're the the uh, their QA people have been on strike for five weeks. Uh, well, they ended up forming a union called the Game Workers Alliance with uh, the Communication Workers of America. Um, the quality assurance teams have announced that they are launching it. It will be the first of its kind at Activision Blizzard. Uh, members at the department have requested voluntary recognition. Um, other current staff and former employees have also helped form the union and join the union uh, after this five-week strike. And they said, quote, We formed the Game Workers Alliance because my colleagues and I want to have our voices heard and we want to see changes that reflect the wants and needs of both the gaming community and the workers who create these incredible products. It's extremely important that workers have a real seat at the table to positively shape the company going forward, unquote, said QA lead Brent Real. Um, so they also said, quote, we ask that Activision Blizzard management respect Raven QA workers by voluntarily recognizing CWA's representation without hesitation. A collective bargaining agreement will give Raven QA employees a voice at work, improving the games they produce and making the company stronger. Voluntary recognition is the rational way forward. Um, 
Activision has said that they are, quote, carefully reviewing the request for voluntary recognition. It deeply respects the rights of all employees under the law to make their own decisions about whether or not to join the union, unquote. Um, they put out a full statement. This is a, a great step for Raven, obviously. It could put an end to the strike. Hopefully this means a lot of other good things will move forward. Um, Activision, though, has announced as of yesterday... They will not voluntarily recognize Raven Software's union and says, quote, all employees at Raven should have a say in this decision, unquote. Um, this is their full statement. Quote, Act Activision Blizzard, we deeply respect the rights of all employees to make their own decisions about whether or not to join a union. We carefully reviewed and considered the CWA initial request last week and tried to find a mutually acceptable solution with the CWA that would have led to an expedited election process. Unfortunately, the parties could not reach an agreement. We expect that the union will be moving forward with the filing of a petition to the NLRB for an election. If filed, the company will respond formally to that petition promptly. The most important thing to the company is that each eligible employee has the opportunity to have their voice heard and their individual vote counted, and we think all employees at Raven should have a say in this decision. Across the company, we believe that a direct relationship between managers and team members allow us to quickly respond and deliver the strongest results and opportunities for employees. As a result of these direct relationships, we've made a number of changes over the past couple of years, including raising minimum compensation for Raven QA employees by 41%, extending paid time off, expanding access to medical benefits for employees and their significant others, and transitioning more than 60% of temporary Raven QA staff into full-time employees. We look forward to continuing a direct dialogue with our team and working together to make our workplace better, unquote. Um, and then, who knows um, what's going to go on from there. Um, Ravens Union is, is expected to file a petition for an election with the National Labor Relations Board for an official election. Um... And we'll see what will happen. Um, they are acting in good faith. Obviously, they're trying to do that. Meanwhile, Activision and Blizzard are doing other things. Um, we'll see how this gets affected once Microsoft takes over, if the union moves forward, because it will be the first under Microsoft as well. So as you can see, this will be a continuing thing that we will constantly talk about here on Nixner News. Uh, I don't want to shy away from the fact, because this is a big thing for the gaming industry. Um, everything else going on at Activision is a huge thing for the gaming industry. So it, it's not something we're ever going to sleep on. Um, and we'll see really where things move in the next year. As it, it's almost obvious that this isn't going to get blocked by, by the court. Many legal experts have weighed in and said this is not a monopoly. There are no danger of anything. So we'll, we'll see what actually happens. Um, but that is it for gaming today. Let's, let's, uh, let's move forward and talk about what's going on elsewhere in the nerdverse, nerd universe. Netflix has confirmed that Squid's Game Season 2 is on the way and that it's, quote, the beginning of a Squid Game universe, unquote. We're just living in it. <laughs> as long as they don't bastardize it, I'm happy. Uh, a new Godzilla series has been announced for Apple TV+. Plus. It is set in the MonsterVerse, and it will take place shortly after the events of Godzilla 2014. My issue here is all these different MonsterVerse 
projects are like being spread out all over the place. And if you're a MonsterVerse fan, you you have to like sign up for all these different streaming services. We're getting we're getting a Kong Skull Island project on Netflix. We're getting this on Apple TV Plus. The movies are on HBO Max. It's like this is f- stupid. Like at least Paramount owns the rights to Star Trek, so everything is on Paramount Plus. Whereas like Legendary and Toho own the rights to Godzilla and technically should also be under Warner Brothers due to their partnership and should all, you know, be on HBO Max. But I I, I don't know. Like I very much enjoy the MonsterVerse, but I think I'm going to be skipping this one because I'm not paying for Apple TV+. Plus. I, I have a lot of streaming services, more than most people probably do, but it's like, I don't, there's nothing, still there's nothing there fully to fully get me on board, right? Like all these other ones have stuff that I'm actively engaged in, actively want to watch. Apple TV has yet to put out anything that's really wowed me enough to say, let me sign up for it. And I even have like a three month free thing with a new phone I got via work. So still hasn't made me sign up. So I I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Speaking of streaming shows... Critical Role, the very popular streaming group that streams their D&D games, it's mostly voice actors, well, they are getting an animated show on Amazon Prime uh, that will premiere on Friday, and it's called The Legend of Vox, Ma- Vox Machina. I know this is after a successful Kickstarter and things like this. Um, It'll be the first season uh, following one of their first D&D campaigns from from several years back. Uh, the main cast of Critical Role, I guess you could call them a cast, will be reprising their roles from the original Twitch stream and campaign. Uh, but the first season will also include tons of guest stars, including Tony Hale and David Tennant. So uh, be on the lookout for that show. You don't really have to understand, I was reading, you don't really have to understand... Dungeons and Dragons to watch the show because essentially it's just it's an animated form of it so they can take care of most of the imagination and there's not going to be as many rules explained or dice throwing but it should be a good show for those who are fans of fantasy and the like we also got a final trailer for Picard season two Star Trek Picard Uh, the show has moved to a March 3rd premiere date and uh, the new trailer gives us more Q shenanigans, as well as the return of Guinan, played by Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, I cannot wait for Picard Season 2. It looks like they're going back in time. But, again, it's Q. It was inevitable before Q returned on a Picard-centric show. I also have a feeling that Guinan will not be the only returning uh, TNG cast member. I will probably get another Riker appearance. Um, will we get a Geordi or a Worf appearance? Probably not. Uh, today it popped into my head with them being in an alternate timeline. I wonder if we'll either get a Tasha Yar appearance, uh, from Denise Crosby or, or if we get a Sela appearance, her daughter. Um, my other thought is I wonder if we'll get people from non TNG Star Trek shows, Will we get an appearance by someone from Voyager? Will we get an appearance by someone from DS9? Uh, someone thought they saw Janeway in a trailer. So, we'll see. I'm very excited for that show. 
Uh, Peacemaker continues to not disappoint at all. Um, show's fucking hilarious, man. Uh, we got to see more uh, into the psyche of the different characters. Especially the relationship between Vigilante and Peacemaker. Um, we got to see more into the dynamic of the team. And how they interact with each other. But this is a very great show. I am very excited for it. I think it's hilarious. I think if you haven't watched it yet, you need to. Um, John Cena's great in it. And then before we move on to TV, I wanted to, to talk about the Book of Boba Fett. We, we completely forgot to talk about it last week. Uh, the last two episodes have been fucking great. Uh, the episode two weeks ago featured Black Kersantan going ham on Boba, um, but then his, his underlings coming in to save the day. And then, in the meantime, the Huts came back, buried the hatchet with, with Boba, hinting at something else, though. And then, Danny Trejo has entered the Star Wars universe as a Rancor trainer. And yes, we get a Rancor. Which is fucking cool. That, A, Danny Trejo's in it, and it didn't take me out of the show, which is always good when you get a cameo of someone that caliber. And then, of course, it's always fun to see a Rancor. And also them giving a story about how they imprint on people and, and things like that. And they're, how they're emotional creatures. And it actually ties in well with, um, I can't remember his name, but the Rancor trainer in, in Return of the Jedi. And why he was so upset when, when the Rancor was killed by Luke. Uh, that's now five years uh, since... Uh, it, that happened in the Book of Boba Fett, maybe six, uh, depending on where it is in the timeline. Uh, and then last week's was fucking great as well. The Pikes are looking to be the big bad of the season. Um, there's an awesome scene where where Boba meets with like the five families, a very, very uh, Godfather-esque scene, and then they all get scared by the Rancor Claws. Um, and then we also got our final bit of, of flashbacks. We see Boba post um, the, the, the death of the, the Tuscans uh, and him, him finding Fennec uh, during the first season of The Mandalorian and like seeing what he was doing during those events. And then essentially how he got Slave 1 back. Uh, a lot of the fandoms like, oh, they're changing the name. They're not calling it Slave One. Blah, 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 blah. Like, get the fuck out of here. He called it a fire spray because that's the type of ship it is. And if you just say the name of a ship to someone, they're going to look at you like you're a fucking retard. Okay. He called it a fire spray because obviously I'm now that person's going to be looking for a fire spray class ship. If you have a boat, right, in a dock and it's called the Harry Princess. And we're like, I'm going to get the Harry Princess back. Someone's going to look at you like, what the fuck did you just say to me? We're looking for a Harry Princess? Like, we're looking for a Harry woman? No. You're going to say the type of ship it is. Like, people need to chill, dude. There's this weird hate floating around. Um, oh, everyone was hating on that, like, modder gang, too, two weeks ago. In their, like, slow chase scene with the, the Major Domo. Of the, uh, 
of the mayor of sh- and shit. And I'm like, this was fucking cool. Very Star Wars. Who cares if they have, like, candy red, like, fucking scooter things. Like, get the fuck out of here. It's very 70s in Star Wars. It fits, dude. People nitpick shit just to be angry. Fucking Black Kersantan in both episodes being a badass. But the best part of the of the flashbacks in last week's episode, after they get Slave 1 back, Boba goes all fucking hard on that biker gang, which he thinks is the one who killed the, the, uh, the Tuscans. And it's obvious like that there's, there's a couple year gap between when the Tuscans died and when he gets slave one back. But these bikers totally unsuspecting they're a Nikto gang. He's just rolling up on them and slave one from behind and then just fucking lays waste to them from the sky just showing how much of a badass he is. And then, along with Fennec, after showing how she gets her modded parts, he goes to find his armor. Um, obviously, he goes back to the Sarlacc thinking it's there. And not realizing that the Jawas took it. But he literally pulls up Slave 1 and literally just puts the the viewing, like the the, the dash, the uh, the windshield, if you call it, like straight up in the Sarlacc's mouth. Which is ridiculous, thinking he could see into the Sarlacc for his armor. And the Sarlacc wakes up, grabs him. Him and Fennec are trying to escape. Fennec just hits a button, literally drops a seismic charge. And the Sarlacc swallows it and blows up with the with Slave 1 like inside of it still, in the maw of it. And you hear the... The coolest fucking sound in Star Wars, obviously. I just fucking failed it. But like, oh here. That type of sound, right? Um anyway, as I keep making sounds. Um and then Boba goes in to look for his armor. Still not there. Then obviously we get the plot of the Mandalorian where he finds Cobb Vanth with it and uh, yeah, you know what I mean. But honestly, Two coolest episodes of The Mandalorian. Black Kersantan ripping off the arm of a fucking Trandoshan. So good. And then we get a tease for the Mando at the end. About buying muscle. About the war with the Pikes. So, I think this week, from what I've seen, it's very Mando heavy. Uh, We'll talk about that next week, obviously. But I'm very excited with how the Book of Boba Fett has been playing out. That is it for TV today. Let's talk about movies here. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but a film studio is being built in space for Tom for Tom Cruise to film movies in space. Yeah, yeah, you heard me right. A, a film studio in space to film movies in space. Uh, the company behind it says they are expected to be complete with it by the end of next year. I I don't I don't get it. Speaking of Tom Cruise, unfortunately. Uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 have both been delayed again. Mission Impossible 7 moves from September of this year to July of 2023. And Mission Impossible 8 moves from July of 23 to June of 24. If the movies are done, you don't need to wait a fucking year in between them. Like, seriously, I get you don't want to release two Mission Impossible movies in the same year. But at the same time, like... Why do we need to make them wait, dude? Like, that's that's unnecessary. 
very unnecessary. Um, but I, I, that's just me. That's just me. I don't know. Um, but Mission Impossibles have been delayed. Hopefully Top Gun Maverick doesn't get delayed. Uh, we also got an announcement from Netflix in regards to the Chicken Run sequel that they announced. Uh, Chicken Run 2, Dawn of the Nugget is what it will be called. It will drop on Netflix in 2023. And Zachary Levi will re be replacing Mel Gibson as Rocky. Is that his name? Yeah, Rocky. And uh, Tandy Newton will be uh, taking over the role of Ginger uh, in the film. I'm very excited for this. I love the first Chicken Run. Uh, also announced, Artemin announced that a new Wallace and Gromit film will be coming out as well. I don't know how you're going to do that, considering the voice of Wallace died a few years ago. But I'm all for Artemin animation. I love their claymation style and their films. Uh, also announced the runtime for the Batman. It will run at 2 hours and 55 minutes, making it the longest Batman film. Uh, just five minutes shy of three hours. Uh, there is apparently an alleged four-hour cut that was shown to test audiences. Uh, release the Reeves cut. Uh, and that it is a horror influenced by the Zodiac Killer type movie per Matt Reeves, the director. Uh, with the whole thing with the Riddler and everything. I don't care how long it is. I don't care what it's based on. I just want it to be fucking good. That's all I ask. All right? you give me Batman, I want it to be good. Alright? I personally like Batman vs. Superman. I like the Snyder Cut. My favorite Batmans are Batman 89 and Batman Returns. I don't care for the Dark Knight trilogy. The Schumacher films are absolute garbage. I just want to have another good Batman movie. And I hope this movie is it. Uh, Black Panther 2 production has halted almost immediately after resuming due to COVID protocols and someone on the crew catching COVID. That movie just can't catch a break, man. Just cannot catch a break. Sucks. Sucks, but yeah, you just they can't catch a break. Just sucks. Uh, also, rumor mill, the next live-action Disney remake is going to be Aristocats. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants to be a cat. No, no they don't. I don't know why that movie would be the next one. Uh, Peter Dinklage also calls out Disney in regards to their live action films. Uh, he was on Mark Maron's What the Fuck podcast, WTF podcast, however you want to call it. And... I, I agree, essentially, with what he said. Um, he said, quote, I was a little taken aback when they were very proud to cast a Latina actress as Snow White. You're still telling the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Take a step back and look at what you're doing there. It makes no sense to me. You're progressive in one way, and you're still making that fucking backwards story about Seven Dwarves living in a cave together. What the fuck are you doing, man? Have I done nothing to advance the cause from my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough, unquote. Uh, he then also went on to say, quote, If you tell the story of Snow White with the most fucked up progressive spin on it, let's do it. All in, unquote. Um, and then Disney 
responded by saying, quote, To avoid reinforcing stereotypes from the original animated film, we are taking a different approach with these seven characters and have been consulting with members of the dwarfism community. We look forward to sharing more as the film heads into production after a lengthy development period, unquote. Um, obviously, you don't want to fall into a territory where you're offending those in the dwarf community. Um, again, I think that Peter Dinklage has a very fine point in what he's saying. It's like, how can you be progressive yet still cast a movie about diminutive people in a way like that? Um, obviously there's going to be some, some issues, uh, that, that will fall into that. Uh, Rachel Zegler, of course, has been cast as Snow White. She was most recently seen in, uh, West Side Story. But it's like, how do you be progressive and then go and make a movie that still, like, falls into stereotypes? So, I agree with Peter. We'll see what Disney ultimately does. Uh, Netflix has also announced that Knives Out 2 will release this fall uh, with its new all-star cast, including the return of, of Daniel Craig. Um, and no yet release date for Knives Out 3, which they also purchased the rights to. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home has also retaken the box office after a one-week break, <laughs> after Scream dominated the week before. Uh, it has now become the fourth-highest domestic-grossing film at $721 million as of last weekend. Only behind uh, Avatar, Endgame, um, Infinity War, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, wait. Star Wars The Force Awakens, Endgame, and Avatar, sorry. Um, we also found out uh, Sam Raimi loved No Way Home, speaking of No Way Home, and he felt that Toby was great as always. Uh, he liked seeing Willem Dafoe back as Green Goblin, and of course Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. And then uh, our final bit of gaming news, this was just last minute today, Mortal Kombat 2 is moving forward at Warner Brothers uh, after the success, I guess you could call it, of the, the first film last year, both on streaming and in its limited release in theaters. And uh, Mortal Kombat 2 is moving forward, and it will be written by the same man who is currently writing the Moon Knight series for Disney+. Plus. Um, I am excited to see this. I'm sure the movie's at least two years away. But as long as they keep some of the, the great meta humor and fatalities and things like that, they can build upon what was great in the first one and keep moving forward. And uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. Uh, that is it for Nixner News this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. Uh, like I said, I, I can't say yes or no as to whether or not there will be an episode next week, so just stay stay pinned to the socials. Um also, I will, if anything, I'll just put out something quick and small and uh, talk about Pokemon Legends Arceus if I can or, or any other thing that might happen between now and next Wednesday. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Make sure to check out nixnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. You can also find links to our Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio links, so if you guys prefer to listen to the show on the go, we are available on 
all major streaming platforms. Uh, did I say Spotify? I think I think I said Spotify. Um, that way you guys can take us on the go wherever you go. Uh, also while there, check out our social media tab. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds where we always post a lot of fun memes that I get from the interwebs. I do not try to claim them as my own. They're not my own unless I specifically say they're my own. No, I'm kidding. I'm just, you know, I don't want to steal from too many creators. Um, I'm not trying to profit off their work, to be honest. And uh, But no, appreciate that. If not, just search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. And with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side.